Hello, is that Nathan? Hello, yes, this is Nathan. Nathan, this is Trevor. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Trev. <laughs> Thank fuck for that. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, Nath. I'm all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And this week, we need to talk about 1986 gross-out horror, The Fly, directed by David Cronenberg and starring Jeff Godblum. Goldblum. 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 And a woman. And Gina Davis. And John Getz. I didn't realise until looking at IMDb that Gina Davis's second name was Quaith. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Yeah. Veronica Quaith. But uh, I won't hold that against her. No. No. So um, we'll get on to that in a bit anyway. Because at this time of the the, the evening, I like to ask you a question, don't I, Nave? You do like to ask me a question, don't you, Trev? Yeah. And the answer to the question is, since I've been applying the cream, everything has started to subside. Ideal, ideal. The chafing has abated. (laughs) It certainly has. (laughs) Is that that the question? No, that was the question I was going to ask you when we're not online. Oh. (laughs) No, I was going to say, Naif, have you seen any films this week? Apart from the one that we're discussing tonight. No. No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I no, did try. It's fine. it's fine. It's fine. You know. What about you? Know. you? I have, actually. I have. I've watched hundreds. <laughs> I've, I've literally watched a film every night this week, I think. I don't know where you find the time. I just wait till everyone goes to bed and watch a film. I love it. I had got hold of a copy of Alien Covenant, which I still hadn't seen since it came out. Yeah, I thought, well, it's a sequel to Prometheus, so I thought I'll watch Prometheus first, which I didn't really like Prometheus when I first watched it. But do you know what? I've watched it again, still didn't like it. <laughs> no improvement. Oh, God. It just doesn't make sense. It's just stupid logic. So I watched Alien Covenant, which is a little bit better than Prometheus. Right. At least in this, in Alien Covenant, some of the characters you liked. Whereas Prometheus, I don't think I liked any of the characters in there. They're all horrible. They're just vile characters and idiots. Like Rafe Spall, he's a great, like he's a sort of a friendly actor. You know, you you see him in stuff. You go, oh, I like Rafe Spall. He's in this. He's in that, and he's just an idiot. And he's like, this Prometheus, the bit with the the sort of snake penis monster. Yeah, good. And it, pokes its head up and they're like <laughs> holding his arm out to it what are you doing what's this look and you think well it looks like a fucking horrible slimy steak penis monster don't go near it then it opens its head up like a venomous snake yeah and at that point you'd you'd jump back wouldn't you and go oh fuck it doesn't look friendly yeah i mean to be honest with you if you was on an alien planet I probably wouldn't have gone near it in the first place. Exactly. In actual fact, I probably wouldn't have gone anywhere near the whole building unless there'd been some sort of thorough prior examination. Well, this is the thing, Nath, because they're walking around with their fucking helmets off and everything. And you just think, oh, the air's breathable. You think, yeah, but you don't know what else is in the air or, you know. This this is know. exactly how the coronavirus started. Yeah. But yeah, the whole film's sort of built on stupid premise and you just... You, you you notice one thing, you can't stop noticing. Well, there is just no end of stupid things the whole way through the film. Didn't like it. Anyway, so Alien Covenant, anyway. I've heard this one's better than Prometheus, so I thought I'd watch it. But the biggest question I've got, it's like, it's spoiler alert here. In the way that C-3PO was invented by Anakin Skywalker, you know, it's pointless, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need that link. Well, now it turns out that Wayland Corporation built David, the android. Yep. But now he has gone on to create the aliens. Right. That we know in Alien. We don't need this link. It it's ruins Alien. The whole mystery of Alien is just tied up in this stupid, neat bow. Don't like it, Nathan. Would you... Really angry. Would you say that I'd be better off not watching it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like the Alien versus Predator films. There's only so much of one of those you can watch and think, oh, I shouldn't be watching this crap. You know, and that's how I feel with these Prometheus. But this is Ridley Scott is, like, directing this trilogy. 
And just think, why? Just leave Alien be. Yeah. Do something new. So, in your in your humble opinion, yeah, two films that didn't need to be made. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There you go. It just ruins that whole franchise. You know, it's like all the excessive Terminators. Actually, I've enjoyed the excessive Terminators more than I've enjoyed Prometheus and Alien Covenant because it's like in Alien Covenant, like David's now in, created the alien, the face hugger, and he's got the eggs. Yeah, and. He, like, calls this captain of the ship. Oh, come in here, come in here. Look, look in there. It's quite safe. And he looks in. And then the face hugger comes out, jumps on him. Yeah. Within 10 minutes, it's gestated and it's popped out of him. And you think, well, it took, like, days in Alien. You know, they had him in observation and then he thought he was fine. Oh, I don't know. Made me mad, Naif. It's made me mad. Just let it go, mate. Oh. Remember your therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Alamo. What else have you watched? Uh, I watched Quiz Show. That was really good. We're talking about films. Uh, No, Robert Redford film. Right. Starring John Turturro and Rob Morrow. He used to be in Northern Exposure. Do you remember Northern Exposure? Is that set in Alaska? Yeah, The Doctor in Alaska. Yeah, I think I do remember it. Oh, and Ray Fiennes as well. Very young, rosy-cheeked Ray Fiennes. And it's all about a quiz show that's rigged to make Ray Fiennes win. Right. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Some really good actors in it. Really good characters. Just a nice story. I enjoyed it. Cool. Apart from that, I've um, shared a couple of videos. It's been confusing, sort of setting up this podcast and having it on YouTube as well and telling people to go and watch it on YouTube. And to be honest, the numbers are dwindling over there. I'm not going to do this on YouTube anymore. Right. So we're just... Here on the podcast, we've got an Instagram page now. Cool. And we've got a Facebook page. And uh, that's it. Right, good. But um, we had hardly any comments on our videos in the last couple of weeks. It's gone really dead. So we just focus on this now. Well, people could comment on the Instagram page. Yes, they can. In actual fact, we actively encourage it. Yep, exactly. So comment through there. If you listen to the podcast and you want to say anything, then feel free to do so over there. But as a as a consequence of that, we haven't really got any comments or anything this week. So we could just get on with talking about The Fly. Let's talk about The Fly. Yeah. So I got a text from you saying, I can't believe I've never seen this or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, the thing is, is when, when I watched it, that I can recall loads of things in like spoofs and animations and things that make relation to this film. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, right, okay, I get it. I now know what that was about. I now know what that was about. (laughs) And I was just like, it's been such a huge uh, part of film or is such a huge part of film um the influential like yeah you know that it it's it's amazing that i haven't actually ever given it the time to sit down and watch it i do tend to shy away from the more sort of uh gory sort of horror tile type style films yeah which probably would explain it to a degree but you know i i sat down i watched it and um i enjoyed it you know i really enjoyed it yeah it it is really good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a good film. So I must say, I haven't watched it in about twenty years, and you, especially horror films, you sit and you think this is going to go, it's going to be cheesy, and you'll think, why the hell did I watch this? And it starts off a little bit cheesy in places, but oh, it's just fucking brilliant. I really enjoyed it. It explores some really quite important or realistic sort of themes doesn't it you know yeah it's not just about a monster going around killing people or you know it's not just gross it is gross but it's not just gross for the sake of being gross no i just say i really yeah i surprised how much i still enjoyed this film there was no point when i was watching it where i thought oh god this is really a 1986 film like you know what i mean the the effects in it were, I thought, were really good. Yeah. And, the, the, you know, the only things that made me think, 
this is a 1986 film are, are the usual obvious stuff like nobody's using a mobile phone anywhere yeah or jeff goldblum and gina davis have both got hair as big as each other's yeah and they're uh you know the computer that he uses uh that runs the whole experiment <laughs> is obviously like really dated a bbc micro but it's not it's not the special effects that sort of that let it down i don't think no you know it's got like when things go in the teleporters there's that sort of lightning flash that you see in back to the future and films like that you know it's painted on over the top yeah but it doesn't look ineffective does it no for anyone who doesn't know the theme or the the storyline i guess we should fill you in because you might think, what is the fly about? If you've never heard of it, it's definitely one worth watching. It's on Disney Plus. That's how I watch it. This is on Disney Plus. <laughs> it's not. You're mugging me off. That's how I watched it through Disney Plus. They've got this new channel on there called Star. Fuck off. This isn't on Disney Plus. It come up on my page. Because you watched Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> you might like the fly. <laughs> uh, it wasn't quite as uh, blatant as that, but yeah. The Fly is on Disney+. Plus. Wow. So, Jeff Goldblum plays Seth Brundle. And he is... He doesn't travel very well, does he? He gets a bit sick in cars, motion sickness. Yeah. So, he is inventing a teleportation unit. So, he's got these two pods. They look awesome, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They are great. I mean, the cover, if you've seen the poster... And it's like the pod with like his arm coming out and then like a uh, fly's leg coming out and it's all glowing green. It looks like the cover of Alien. Yes. You know, with the egg. Similar design, but really, yeah, good. So he's created his pods and he's going to teleport from one to the other. Uh, and in doing so, mistakes happen and he merges eventually with a fly. But it's not just a... The old 1950s version, and the person who's doing the experiment ends up swapping heads with a fly. So there's a fly with a human head and a, a man with a fly's head. Yeah. Whereas in this version, they've gone for a slow, painful, and frankly, disturbingly disgusting metamorphosis, isn't it? <laughs> Some of the visuals from this film stayed with me for days. <laughs> <laughs> you know i'd be walking the dog and then i'd just think about it and then i'd just be like oh, <laughs> nope yeah don't, don't want to think about that again no it's pretty gross david cronenberg i mean he's the master of body horror isn't he right uh, films like scanners and videodrome uh but i'm going to t say something here i've never seen them i've never seen them i don't know why i've always thought oh i'd love to see them i've never watched them yeah, I don't think I've seen either of those. No, and I, I'm going to have to dig them out now and have a watch of them because I've seen The Fly so many times and I've always enjoyed it. He, David Cronenberg actually turns up in this as the gynecologist. Right, okay. <laughs> that scene. We'll get to that later. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty horrendous scenes. Um, and, um, yeah, it's also, I think it's like produced as well by um, Mel Brooks. Right. He helped get this project off the ground. You know Mel Brooks, who'd done um, Blazing Saddles. Right, yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And yes. uh, Spaceballs, the producers. And, I mean, you know, you know him as doing comedy. But he's he was behind this film, which I think is great. He saw the potential. When studios and that wouldn't back it, he's like, no, I'll, I'll back it. But he also done um, The Elephant Man. Have you ever seen The Elephant Man? I haven't... David Lynch film. I haven't watched it. See, he was behind that as well. And you just think you wouldn't associate him with these sort of dark, grotesque sort of stories. But there you go. But the first shot of this film, it opens up and it's a close-up of Jeff Goldblum's head. And it looks almost insectile to begin with. <laughs> um, Gina Davis is a reporter and she's at this science fair or something and trying to get a story and he's like i've got a story for you and he takes her gets her to drive into his apartment and his lab and it's a real dingy sort of place you think god i wouldn't 
follow a, follow anyone down there. No, right. In, in this modern day and age, you know, that's the sort of thing where people would be like getting their rape alarms out of their purses. You know what I mean? They was actually dating when they uh, made made this film. Okay. He was offered the part and she was his girlfriend. But um, yeah, he was reading the script and she was reading it with him and she was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. So he put her name in. She came in and read and they went for it. Cool. And then you got John Getz. They're the only three main characters in this really, aren't they? There's other people pop up, but the first sort of half of the film is literally just those three characters, isn't it? Yeah. John Getz as Staffus, her boss stroke ex-lover. And do you notice how in the 80s, any sleazy character had to have a beard? Right. And Staffis is no exception, is he? He's got the sleazy beard, just like uh, Peck in Ghostbusters. Yeah. And um, Ellis in Die Hard. Yes. Same beard, isn't it? Same beard, same power suit. But, you know, now everyone has beards, Nate. When did that happen? I know. Last 10 years, everyone's got a beard. Now the beard is the uh, the thing of the good guy, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you just have to watch an Avengers film. Yeah, so John Getz playing Staffus, he is a he's a real shit as well, isn't he? Yeah, and do you know what? The womanising, that's something that dates it as well. Like, you know what I mean? Because that sort of behaviour just, you couldn't be doing it these in this day and age. You'd just get called out for it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and just, I mean, he's real pathetic. He stalks her. He's overprotective. He keeps turning up at her house. And then she's like, oh, I've got a story, a real big story. What is it? It's cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, the bloke has got some fucking issues, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he has. And I know they're sort of building it up so that you don't mind when he sort of gets his comeuppance. But, I mean, it turns around. I mean, I'm, I'm jumping the gun a bit. But, yeah, he's a pretty, pretty horrendous little character. He's obsessed with it, isn't he? Yeah, he's a horny wanker, isn't he? <laughs> he is. That's all he can do at the moment. But just wait, doesn't he start like begging her in the shop or something? And it's like, oh my god, get up, mate! What are you doing? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit embarrassing, <laughs> isn't it? If he if he had friends, which I'm sure his character wouldn't, they'd be like, come on, mate, have some self respect. Yeah, mate. Ten years time, you're going to look back at this and go, what a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is is true. I mean, the guy is a git, and you do have that feeling that you just want to you want to punch him, you know. And the thing is, is yeah. when you at the start of the film, when we get introduced to Jeff Goldblum's character, you're like, he seems quite. Um, he like he's a quiet person. He likes to keep himself to himself. He's very focused on his work. Bit of a recluse. He's modest as well. You know what I mean? It's not like um, all right. He's he's trying to get Gina Davis into bed by saying, you know, I'm actually going to change the world. But it's not like he's he's shouting it to the whole world. He doesn't want to show off to the whole world. He's just sort of doing his own thing in his own quiet space. And he's he's quite modest as well about the fact that a lot of the real work that's going into what he's doing is being done by, you know... Other people. Yeah, other people and engineers, you know. He's just sort of really handling the theory side of things, you know. Well, he's not the mad scientist, is he? No. At the start. And he's, he's a, you know, he's a genuinely nice, likeable character. And you do like him, you know. So back to... Goldblum's apartment, he's got these pods. He's shown her how he can send stockings. She's like, what? It's amazing. But he says, but there's something missing. Yeah. Can't send anything that's alive. So he does some more testing and then he, he tries it out on a baboon. Yeah. This is when you know it's going to be a disgusting film. <laughs> yes. I always remember this scene sticking out to me. As a child, I think I'd seen it when I was quite young, probably about eight or nine. I had older brothers and my older brother, Robin, had hired the film or had it on video. And I remember he goes, Trevor, Trevor, come in here, come in here, watch this. And I was like, what? And he's like, look, this man's built a transport. He can put the baboon from one to the other. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then you see the lights and then they're looking in at, the smoke is clearing and you just see this bloody handprint like just <laughs> hit the, the lens and it's like oh something's not right here <laughs> and then that reveal when they open it and you just 
Oh, this see that ho- pulsating, horrible, twitching mess of body. Oh <laughs> my god, it's just disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> At that point, you're thinking, I bet baboons are expensive. <laughs> Why don't you use mice? <laughs> the thing is, is I guess, I guess the only logical jump or conclusion that you can come to is that obviously the ultimate end game is to be able to transport one human a human from one place to the other and he's trying to go for a species that is fairly similar close to to the you know what i mean but as you say where the fuck do you get hold of a baboon and he's just it's not just like he's gone out and got one he's actually keeping a couple of them a pair of them in his apartment just for such an occasion apparently um david cronenberg on the set of this said that he, he was petrified of the baboon yeah, it's a wild animal basically, and uh, it's roaming around the set. But apparently, Jeff Goldblum bonded with it and became the alpha male, and he had more control over it than even the trainer did. That's weird, isn't it? He does all them scenes naked with it. It's like what, <laughs> cuddling it naked? Yeah, not right, is it? I know. And there's one scene, isn't? It? He's like holding the baboon, and then Gina Davis has gone out, hasn't she? He's got drunk, hasn't he? Yeah. And Gina Davis has gone to sort out the problem because the jeff goldblum wants her to keep the story quiet and her boyfriend who's her editor is going to publish the story so she's going around to tell him not to and then jeff goldblum finally works out oh hang on she's seeing someone else she's gone around with him and he's getting all jealous and then he gets drunk and he's cuddling the baboon (laughs) and then the next scene it cuts to her coming home and she walks into the bedroom, and I was sure she's going to find him in bed with the baboon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could have been a totally different film. But I think the baboon had just fucking, he'd had enough and gone home at that point. Um, Imagine if the film was called The Baboon. Imagine how that would have gone. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the teleporters. It's just Jeff Goldblum trying to splice his genetics with a baboon. Anyway, the baboon has just cogitated <laughs> or miscoagulated it's it's a mess isn't it so so it's gone wrong again and then almost immediately after they're eating steak <laughs> how could you eat red meat after that i think i'd fucking be a vegetarian for the rest of my life after seeing that it was fairly rancid wasn't it he would have had to have cleaned it up as well yeah 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 so oh man that was my best teleporter but um yeah so then she's gonna cook steaks and he cuts a steak in half doesn't he he's doing a test and sends one half through the teleporter and cooks them both and she's like oh that's nice and then he she tries the teleported one and she's like oh it's like synthetic it's not real so he realizes that the device is making a replica it's not the actual thing going through it's replicating it isn't it yeah it's it's not he's not taught the machine how to deal with flesh it's just doing its best guess isn't it you know or something and he he starts teaching the machine about uh living matter more so so basically he's he's had this epiphany that he's like oh my god i know what to do and then He's uh, He spends a lot of time typing on this massive computer. Yeah, and talking to it. He can just talk to it. Oh, yeah, and, and talking to it. We forgot about that. And then eventually they come round to test number two with a baboon, don't they? So uh, they put the second baboon in. And obviously after the first one, like you're, you're sat there and basically all you're thinking is, I really don't want to see an inside-out baboon again. <laughs> yeah, you are. I don't, I don't care what actually else happens, whether it's a success or not, but I just don't want to see an inside-out baboon again. There's actually other tests he does. It comes after he's the fly, but it's actually a deleted scene of him sending a baboon and a cat at the same time. Right. Or merging them, because he's got the three pods, hasn't he? And at the end, he's trying to oh, use all three. God, I'm glad they don't show that. <laughs> but that's the thing, because they showed it to test audiences, and they hated it, because it basically it comes out, and he realises it's no good, and he clubs it to death. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, and then people didn't like that. They don't like seeing even a, ca- a cat 
merged with a baboon. You know, no one wants to see an animal being clubbed to death by its protagonist in a film. So, yeah, they cut that scene out. I'm so glad. Because they still wanted you to feel sorry for him when he's a monster. They want you to still sort of root for him. Yeah. So, anyway, the second baboon gets put in and it comes out and it's okay. It's all right, isn't it? There's a huge sigh of relief from everyone in the world. (laughs) Everyone on Disney Plus, all the kids (laughs) sat watching this on Disney Plus. They're like, thank God for that. I can eat again. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, give me a steak. So, uh, yeah, and and it is, it is great. And do you know what? In, in, in the practice of good science, uh, you know, Gina Davis turns around and she's like, right, what do we do now? And he's like, right, well, the next thing is, uh, you know, a, a large series of tests will have to be done. It could take weeks for the results to come back just to make sure that the baboon's okay and it's, it, you know, it is what it should be. And it is, I think he's trying to discover if it is actually a copy of the baboon. Yeah. You know, because things could fail over the next week. It could de- degenerate or have an illness that's, yeah. pack up. anything could happen to it, couldn't it? But, um, yeah, so the baboon's gone through. It's all all right. But then she's got this package from the boyfriend who's posted it to Jeff Goldblum's house. He's basically been spying on them. She realises that he's going to publish this story and it's not ready. So she clears off. Jeff Goldblum then, is he, he gets drunk with the baboon. He's getting really paranoid. And at this point, he decides that he's... This is just hours after the baboon's gone through. Yeah, and he's like, let's throw caution to the wind. Yeah, he just basically sits there and he sort of talks himself round to the idea that he's looking at the baboon and he's like, you're okay, you're all right, you're you, I can do this. Yeah, so he goes in the booth and he's not the only one in there. Doesn't notice, but a little house fly's gone in and... uh Gets coagulated with him, doesn't it? God, like? doesn't it get coagulated? It's a hell of a coagulation. Isn't it? Two go in, one comes out, but he doesn't notice. He comes out, he feels normal. She comes home. And I think he's a bit sort of hung over and he sort of, it tells her that he's he went through, but he's like, oh, it's okay. I filmed it for you. And um, she explains her side of the situation and then everything's hunky-dory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's all all right. He gets up in the morning... He feels fit as a fiddle. And then he starts, he goes and sits in his chair and then starts doing gymnastics. In his chair? In his chair. Yeah. And then swinging around his apartment. And it's a great scene. I'm sure it's not Jeff Goldblum, but (laughs) it's quite effective. Yeah. He thinks that the machine has made a better him. It's improved him. Doesn't realise, obviously, what's going on. They, they do have sex and he's like a beast and she can't take any more, can she? She's like... No, that's it. He's like, he could just keep going. He's got this real sexual appetite and he falls out with her, tells her she's no good or something, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, she can't keep up or almost like a, a subhuman, so to speak, yeah. sort of thing. Like, you know, where she's he's elevated himself and she hasn't and he wants her to elevate herself, doesn't he? Oh, he wants her to go through and she's like, I don't want to go through. This is where it's starting to turn because already by this point his skin is going like blotchy, isn't it? And just yeah, it's very subtle at first as well, isn't it? It is subtle, but it's horrible. But she's she's noticed these because um, he rolls up when they're in bed. At one point, he rolls over and digs himself in the back with this microchip, doesn't he? Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, and he's got the cut on his back and those massive hairs growing out. Oh my god, they're disgusting, and yeah. <laughs> I mean probably like. The least disgusting special effect of the film, we might add. But <laughs> still gross, yeah. Yeah. He says, doesn't he say something like, you're, you're a fucking drag or something like that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And that that's something that dates the film as well because she's just like holding him back and he's going out to live life. That's what this is about. This is about finding myself. He wants a woman with the same stamina as him and someone who's willing to go through. So he goes out to the bar yep. to find himself a mate, a girl who he can bring back to the apartment. And there's two blokes arm wrestling. And he says, oh, which one's yours? And she goes, oh, I like him tonight. So she's obviously that type who's whoever wins. <laughs> she's yeah. all over. Yeah. And he gives this chap an arm wrestle. 
and um, he just pops the bloke's wrist and it just his bone just juts out through his arm and he's screaming his head off and <laughs> yeah. Jeff Goldblum's like go on in <laughs> he just walks out with a woman leaves this bloke screaming his head off and his arm he doesn't he doesn't just walk out with a woman he doesn't even give her a chance to think about it he just grabs hold of her and starts walking off with her and she just yeah. doesn't really protest I guess that must happen to her a lot so he goes where do you live or something she's like oh I live with my mother and he's like, all right, we go back to mine. And then he takes her back. He's shown her the pod, hasn't he? He's gone through again, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going, now you go through. You go through. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And he's getting pissed off with her. And then Gina Davis turns up. And she's like, who's this? And he goes, oh, I forgot to tell you. I live with my mother too. This is my <laughs> mother. <laughs> Doesn't care that he's offending her. At this point, he thinks he's still fantastic. And then she's like, right, I've had your hairs tested. The doctor said he doesn't know what they are. He says they're not human. I think there's something wrong with you. You need to go and see someone. And he's like, no, no, don't believe it. The the woman realises that Gina Davis is like his partner or ex-partner or whatever. And she, she grabs her stuff and leaves in just her panties and a shirt, which, you know, women do all the time. I like the, the tagline in this. And I never realised it was actually spoken in the film because I always remembered the tagline, be afraid, be very afraid. And that's what she says to that girl, isn't it? Yeah. When she comes along. So it's just a line of the script that's then come on to be a tagline for the poster. And then um, he basically kicks Gina Davis out and shuts the door behind it, doesn't he? And then after that, you're sort of alone in his bathroom and uh, he's looking in the mirror and he's suddenly starting to see himself, isn't he? And he's just like, right, okay, that's not normal. And then something really disgusting happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he bites his fingernail off. Oh. He like he, he goes to bite his fingernail and ends up just pulling the whole thing out in one hit. And it's just like, oh, my God. And then <laughs> when he's looking in the mirror and he's squeezing his finger and all that stuff oozing out the end of it, oh, I was just my like, God. oh, my God, make it stop. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't get any better for No, him, no, it? it's like a downward spiral. It is. It's just his rapid decline from here and it's... It's horrible to watch. Sort of Gina Davis doesn't give up on him. She does keep coming back. And when the, by the next time she's come back, he is just... It's it, it's almost like he's turning into a maggot. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That's how I perceive it. Because when she comes back, he's he's like all hunched over and his skin is just oozing the whole time. He's got sickle down him or something, hasn't he? Oh, he's just... He's got... F- fluid oozing out of him all the time almost isn't he this is this is why he start where he starts referring to himself as brundlefly brundlefly he starts getting twitchy as well does he i like the twitchiness oh the twitch the twitch is brilliant yeah that was um when the the special effects guys was making the fly they said look we want you to do something in your performance that we can transfer onto our dummy so you can tell it's the same onto our model yeah and that's where he, he goes, oh, I do the twitch. Because flies do twitch, don't they? Yeah, very twitchy. You watch a fly, they're like, chick, chick, chick. yeah. And his twitch, fucking spot on, a fly's twitch. Brilliant. Yeah, so she's come over and he's instantly sickled down himself, isn't he? And then his ear falls off. Yeah. And it's just, oh, it's gross. The film just gets worse and worse. But it's... The only bit I couldn't believe is that once his ear's fallen off and he's covered in six, she goes and gives him a big cuddle. <laughs> that just, oh my God. It's rancid, isn't it? Oh my God. And yeah. he, he says about putting the mirror, the ear in his, in his bathroom cabinet that is like a museum of parts. A Brundle museum or something. Yeah, yeah. That, of you, parts that used to be him. So, he's, so he implies that all of the parts that he's, falling off him he's collecting in his mirror and he's just like oh that's just disgusting that's nasty yeah he's starting to now you know the the fly is winning over not just at the transformation but it's it's winning over in his brain as well isn't it he's thinking this is this is this is what i should be yeah he's accepting it and he's moving on with it isn't he yeah 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 so she comes back to see him again and he's sort of um He's a bit better, isn't he? He's mobile. He's he's crawling around on the ceiling. Oh, he's crawling around on the ceiling. Yeah, he's he feels better in himself. He's got to a point where the illness, instead of feeling like a, an unhealthy human, he's beginning to feel like a healthy fly. Yeah, and you sort of 
you you're you're watching him and he's tapping around with the computer, isn't he? A bit, and you sort of st- it leads you down a track where you think he's he's trying to find a solution to the problem. Like maybe there's a a glimmer of hope that he can he can do something about this. Like you yeah. know, and in your head you're like, oh, can he go back through and separate the two somehow? Yeah, but that's that's not what he's working on at all, is it? No, he's now brought the third pod in, and he's like, how can we mix? things and this is like i say the deleted scene where he's trying to mix a baboon and a cat i wonder if the deleted scenes i should have looked this up they might be on youtube yeah i wonder if it's worth having a look for the deleted baboon cat scene no no (laughs) there's no way it's worth seeing that after the scene where she's he's vomited all down himself and she's giving him a cuddle. And then she's gone back to Staffus and she's shows him the videos. And it's like in the video, he's like, this is how I eat now. And you don't see it. It's a bit where you don't need to see it. You just see the bloke's reaction. And he's like, like oh, my God, what am I looking at? And you can just hear Br- Brundle Brundleflay re- regurgitating, being sick yeah. to break down the food so he can suck it all up yeah so basically it says that his stomach can't handle solid food so he needs to break it down outside his body by spewing this type of bile over it that's got amino acids in it or something that breaks down the food and then he can eat the food as a liquid and it's just like well that just sounds disgusting (laughs) and i'm glad that i didn't have to watch that so but then he's watched it hasn't he and then he says to her do I have permission to clean your body after all this? It's like, <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Like, you know, it's just weird. He's just going, a pest. Yeah. Why, why would you even be thinking about that after seeing that? You know what I mean? That's just <laughs> rancid. It's just like, ooh, yeah, I want to wipe bile off you. No, 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 no. But she, um, she goes back to see him again and she's sort of broken down, hasn't she? Because she's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. That's right. Yeah, she's realised she's pregnant yeah the problem is she doesn't know if it was conceived prior or since no the uh transformation and this is this is where i just i nearly very nearly had to turn it off really very nearly yeah because i oh my god did i feel sick after this this is out of everything that happens in the film it's her nightmare is the one that turned me. Really? Yeah. She's having a nightmare that she's giving birth, isn't she? Yeah. And the doctor's telling her to push and she's like, no, she's panicked and there's something weird. It's not quite right. And I didn't really get what was going on. And then I twigged just before it happened. And oh my God, she screams this blood curdling scream. And you turn around and the doctor's holding this live two foot long wriggling larvae and it's just like oh my god no (laughs) see to me that was the only effect in the film that i just thought it looked like they was holding a rubber something it didn't that didn't do it for me that effect Uh, mate and you were saying that's the one that turned it did it didn't matter what that effect was but the suggested the implication that that woman had just given birth to this two foot long wriggling larvae i was just like no make it stop make it go away and that is that 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 is the thought that kept coming back to me yeah that one oh my god it was revolting yeah there's um it's basically the premise for the sequel right there's a fly two and david cronenberg had nothing to do with it Gina Davis or you know no one went back for this film except for the director of the the sequel is Chris Wallace who was one of the special effects he was on the special effects team for the first one right yeah so I think John Getz is in it as well but they basically you know they've got this fly they've won an Oscar for it it won an Oscar this film won the Academy Awards for special effects and makeup so he's obviously like, oh, let's do a sequel. It stars Eric Stoltz uh, as the son. But apart from that, I can't, I have watched it, but I can't remember for the life of me. I did have a look on Disney Plus, see if it was on there, but it's not. Good. So I'm going to try Nickelodeon next. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all, you, you know, they've obviously got that from this scene and like, yeah, let's, let's, let, what happens if she has a baby? Take it from there. But in this, we don't need to know that, no. where that goes in this film. 
no, that was enough. Just the, and she wakes up in a cold sweat and realizes it was a night was a nightmare. And then she's like, right, I got to get whatever this is out of me now. Yeah. So she um, she actually goes to tell Jeff Goldblum, doesn't she? But he's he's so far gone at this stage, and his teeth have started falling out, and it's just no. She just can't bring herself to tell him, can she? And that's where he says the bit about where he's got no, you know, a fly has no morals. A fly doesn't care who it hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's becoming the fly. So she's, she leaves and the chap's outside. And this is where they take, he takes her to, for the abortion, isn't it? But then you see Jeff Goldblum. Sort of, this He started twitching now as well, hasn't he? And he's looking yeah. over the top of the ramparts of his apartment. And it's, it reminds you like the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame or something, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just this monster looking down, spying and He's on sort of peering from this almost gothic-looking, cathedrally kind of setting, and he twigs that something's going on, and you realise he twigs, don't you? Yeah. But it just cuts away from the scene. And then um, they're, they're in the gynaecology lab, and uh, she's literally just about to have the abortion isn't she and then um stasis and the gynecologist leave the room and then boom this is the closest it gets to a monster film isn't it he jumps in through the window smashes through the window yeah i think it's slow motion a bit when he comes through and then he scoops her up and then he jumps off with her yeah and he's 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 stolen her i am brundle fly it's okay it's moving the story along you're that committed by this point that you don't really it's it doesn't fit you know he realizes now that she's going for an abortion because when he was spying he must have heard him and he's like no i want my son yeah he's gone and he's captured her and he's took her home but it's almost as if um he didn't need to send her away for this to happen but then i suppose the boyfriend now Staffus is going to come to try and save her. Yep. I suppose if he didn't send her away and then see her get taken away, he wouldn't come to save her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's the end scene then, and he's yeah. Like, so basically, Staphus comes into the apartment to find them, and uh, he assembles this rather fancy-looking double-barrel shotgun, doesn't he? Yeah. But he he realizes he's in there on his own, and then um, Brundlefly leaves. Uh, Gina Davis on the roof and he goes in, doesn't he? Yeah. To tackle Stathis. And this is where, if you thought anything that was in the film was disgusting before, <laughs> this is where it just oh, gets horrible, isn't it? It is fucking gross. And he's, his vomiting trick that you didn't want to see, <laughs> you're now going to get to see in all its glory. <laughs> As he vomits over Staffus's hand and, oh my God. So he vomits his over his left hand, doesn't it? And you start to see it all dissolving in that. Yeah. For some reason, in my head, I was like, he's going to put it in his mouth. He's going to put it in his mouth. Oh my God, he's going to put it in his mouth. I just, <laughs> but he doesn't, does he? I just imagine, I just had this thing of him just like slowly gnawing away at his stump. And I was stump. Just like, oh. There is, I think there's another deleted scene because then he goes and, he vomits on his foot, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and it just and his ankle and it's all breaking away. Um, there is a deleted scene of him eating the foot. <laughs> oh God, no! But then he moves up to be sick on his face, doesn't he? And uh, yeah, you just think, oh my God, no! Don't be sick on his head, even though you hate this character. Yeah, you don't. You don't want to see this. You don't. No one needs to go through this, do they? It's, no, uh, I mean the guy literally. Whatever happens, he's fucked. He's got no left hand. He's got no right foot. I mean, he is stumped. (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended. fucking horrible scene. it is fuck it is pretty <laughs> disgusting isn't it i am just gagging there's bits that i remember making me feel like retchy in the back of my throat watching it when i was younger and um still made me feel like that now it hasn't dated it is just as gross isn't it yeah but funny yeah. that we've actually the last sort of four or five films we've done have linked from one to the other Right. We're not doing this intentional. Right, yeah. I think if we go back to Capone, it was a biopic about the end days of a tyrant. Yeah. The following week, 
the film was about the what happens after the end days of a tyrant with the death of Stalin. Yeah. The next film we done was Hitler and Bigfoot. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you got Stalin, the death of Stalin and the death of Hitler. Yeah. That's how they're linked. And this week, you know, we're linking back to the Bigfoot by having a film where there's a repulsive creature being sick on someone. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, hands up, the fly did it better. The fly did it better. What happens? Because someone punches his jaw off. Yeah, Gina Davis punches his jaw off. This is what made me think he's like a maggot because he's he's all swollen and he really starts falling apart badly. And he's, yeah, she like she she screams or whatever and stops him from from vomiting on Stafis killing face. Stafis. Yeah, and then he's like then trying to explain that he's going to go in one pod, her and the baby are going to go in the other pod, and then they're all going to come out in the third pod as one thing. And it's just like, you know, like there's a part of dread in you that is like, oh my God, whatever the special effects crew have conjured up for that to look like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see it. If it goes down that road, I'm, off. I'm turning this fucking thing off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think it's the struggle there where he's trying to put her in the pod. I think that's where... She lashes out and knocks his jaw off. Yeah, and it comes off really easy, he's doesn't it? It's just a shell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around this fly. Oh, and his, le- his legs start to go, don't they? Oh, my he's God. He's got, yeah, like, his just... insecty legs, and this is where they... Jeff Goldblum's no longer in the film, <laughs> and it's the dump, It's the model. Because it's it, really it's... well done, though. Considering this was 1986, ah. it is so well done. Yeah. And it's not like they shy away from it either. It's not like it's filmed in shadow to hide. It's there, blatantly there in front of you. Yeah. And it still looks effective, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is vile. Pretty fucking gross. <laughs> and then uh, he throws Gina Davis into the first pod, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he goes to climb into the second pod and he set the timer and the timer's ticking down. Yeah. And then... Old Stumpsy grabs his shotgun with his last ounce of fucking strength. Shoots the cable out, doesn't he? To detach Gina Davis's machine. The insect realises what's going on and it he opens the door, doesn't he? But it transports him. Yeah. And you see him disappear and the door disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's gone. The other one's like pings or whatever it does, like a microwave or something, isn't it? And it's really clever on this one that there isn't a glass door on the third pod. The prototype. Because you, you can't see what's coming. Like The reveal is when the door fully opens, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so weird. It's <laughs> it just, just falls out. And he's like, now he's half a fly grafted with a, like a metal iron, cast iron door head. <laughs> Oh, it's just fucking... And at this point, he realised, yeah, I'm fucked. <laughs> and he just crawls over to her, doesn't he? And she's, like, aiming the gun at him, but she can't do it. And then he just grabs the gun and points it to his own head. It's just like, just do it. And it's really, yeah, it's heartfelt. Yeah, that's the thing. You In that moment, like, for all your hatred and wanting it to stop, in that moment where it puts the gun to its own head... You sympathise for it, didn't you? Yeah, it, you, he's, and you sympathise for him and her, and it's like she's, he's there, he's still there. Yeah, and she knows it's still him, and it's like she's got to kill the man she loved, even though he's this grotesque, bubbling, dripping insect yeah and there's just bits and pieces hanging off the back end of it you're just like oh my god where does the food go where does the shit come out all yeah. of these questions yeah is that the last shot of the film she shoots it there is nothing else no 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 that's it that's where it ends and it does leave uh the unanswered questions i mean like in your head logically you assume that she calls some sort of ambulance to help you know matey boy with whatever i mean it's like right there you go mate you've got no hand no foot serves you right for being a bit of a sleazy perv (laughs) you assume that she would go off and have some sort of abortion because after watching that jesus christ i mean i'd be surprised if she ever had sex again yeah (laughs) i was just thinking the same thing (laughs) but yeah that's the fly it does end sort of suddenly and 
There's no happy, shiny Gina Davis getting on with her life. No. There's no twitch of her belly as she's, you know, there's, it, it just ends. There's no comeback like there would be in a, a usual horror film. Yeah, yeah. You see, like, the monster veer its head at the end or something. It is gross, but it is just, it's really well made, isn't it? Yeah. You are relieved when it comes to an end. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I don't normally go in for horror films. And if there are too many of them in this podcast thing, then you you might scare me away. But yeah. <laughs> I actually did enjoy the film. I thought it was a well-made film. I enjoyed the plot. I enjoyed the complications. I enjoyed watching Jeff Goldblum discover his new self and come to terms with it. Yeah, I enjoyed watching him even at the beginning as the professor. He was just... When I first watched it, I was watching, looking at him thinking, he's a very odd bloke. How did he ever become a star? But then by the time, you know, before he's even done the, the transformation, I was like, that's why he's a star. You know, he's just got something about him, hasn't he? Because he's a man that looks like a fly. I mean, even in Jurassic Park, he's one of the best in Jurassic Park to me. Certainly the, one of the best performances in that film. But he doesn't do anything different. He's a, little, a bit like Christopher Walken. They're always themselves yeah. in their film, but they suit that character perfectly that you just see them as the characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He does do the role justice. I mean, he completely steals the show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is, it is a great film. Still to this day, I'm really glad that I still enjoyed it. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. And yeah, if you've got Disney Plus, go and find The Fly. If you haven't seen it already, definitely worth a look at it. And if you've got any comments that you'd like to make, if you go on the Instagram account and find the cover or some of the screenshots of The Fly and leave your comments there. Or go on the Facebook page, We Need to Talk About Movies podcast comment on there comment anywhere on our pages it'd be great to hear from you so yeah naif thanks ever so much for watching yeah thank you for suggesting the fly mate i really enjoyed that no worries and we will see you guys next week with another film to be discussed i'm already looking forward to it take it easy everyone cheese cheese <laughs>